This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to another edition of Millennial Balance. I'm Shaliza Backus. Afia Ba here. Hope you guys are doing well. You know, it was, I think it was a pretty good, like, couple of stretch of days. I, I think I'm still feeling like the we effects had that, of that warm weather. We oh. did. We had that taste of summer and now it's just been like <laughs> snatched back away from I us. I feel but, robbed. <laughs> but you know what? It's April. Okay. True. We need to experience spring yeah. before we experience I know. summer. I know. Okay. So know. why do we always start off talking about the weather? <laughs> because it's, it's, we just love summer. We just love heat. Are, you know, are we old? Know. Like, have we become those old people who just talk about the weather all the time? Seasoned. We're seasoned, seasoned. adults. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to throw out the word old. Okay. 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 Well, someone who is actually enjoying the sunshine or Mm -hmm. just enjoyed the sunshine is vlogger and blogger Shania Bopa. Yeah. You may have seen her video making the rounds on social media and where she's basically explaining her fertility journey. And if you haven't seen that video, you might want to take a listen right now. This is the story of fertility and freezing your eggs in your 20s. You've always wanted to be a mom. It's one of your life purposes, but at this stage in your career, planning the goals that you have for the next decade, it's not something that's ready for you yet. So you embark on this 11-day journey after an empowering discussion with your sister about your future self and what her fertility goals are. To you, this is a way of making sure your professional purpose over the next decade is preserved. You decide to take control over your fertility, not let it ruminate as this mysterious cloud over your head as the time ticks. It was one of the hardest things you've ever balanced. Daily ultrasounds, blood tests, some medication, and a few news articles creating a spectacle over this woman who's sharing her journey on the internet. You ask your family to help as the days get harder leading up to egg retrieval for you. Sharing this journey was a way to break the stigma and the dialogue that surrounds untraditional ways of family planning. And so this is your reminder to love the life you have. Wellness is the meditation and the sleep hygiene, but it's also having the hard conversations with your partner, your friends, and your doctor. Well, we definitely have a lot to talk about. But before we get to that, Shania, you are fresh off of Coachella weekend one. Well, dang. Yes, I am. I'm calling to you live from LA right now. (laughs) Whoa. So she's definitely enjoying the sunshine. Enjoy it for us, girl. Now, before before we get to our actual conversation of why we have you here, mm-hmm. how was Coachella? It was phenomenal. I I'm just so grateful, especially coming off of like a, a harsh winter like we did in Canada, being in the sun and just talking to people and being outside. It was just such great energy. I'm very very lucky. Yeah, and it looked like so much fun. And I have to ask who your favorite or top three favorite performers were because there were a lot. Well. One and only the Frank Ocean. He was phenomenal, and he had you know he hasn't performed in so long, so it was just so great to see him. And he shared a couple stories throughout the performance too, which was great. And I mean, we wouldn't know because they didn't stream that performance. <laughs> so upset. I hope they do it next weekend. I really do. Anyway, Shania, let's get back to the topic. The reason why we actually have you on here, although you know me, I could talk about Coachella forever. We know. <laughs> You are, you're 25 years old and you've been documenting on your TikTok and on your social media that you have made the decision to freeze your eggs. And this is, I feel like a conversation that a lot of 20 somethings, a lot of millennials, even thirties and onwards, this is a conversation that they're afraid to have. And I was afraid to have it before I even decided to do it. Like I, 
completely understand why so many of us don't think about it until we're 30, because we aren't taught to think about it in school, in, you know, elementary school or high school. It's not taught to us in traditional education. So I think, yeah, I honestly totally get why we all didn't think about it until later in life. And my decision was influenced by a couple different variables for sure. Can you talk about those variables that came into play? Yes. Variable number one, my sister, she's 10 years older than me and she's a family doctor. So um, we were talking at Christmas this past Christmas and she was like, you know, I know that you love your work. Like, I know you love your career and I know that that might influence the way that you family plan. Like, have you ever thought about alternative options? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I can't have that conversation right now. So she shared just like evidence-based articles and research on like your egg quality uh, based on like your age. So how your egg quality and your egg quantity actually changes between the ages of 20, like your mid twenties and your mid thirties. So that was variable number two is just like the research on it. And then variable number three is just knowing like my professional goals are my number one priority. I call them sometimes like raising a baby. Like I'm raising a a child right now with the time I spend working and I don't want to sacrifice that current purpose for having kids when I'm not necessarily ready to. That's like, it's just, it weighs so heavily on all of our minds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, it's something that I've thought about. I know that's something that that you've thought about as well. And we're like, we're getting up there. We're not, you know, uh, we're not old though. We're not old. We're seasoned. We're, yes. (laughs) But, you know, it is something that crosses your mind. And it just, it seems like such a, a scary process as well. It is. And especially like, I didn't know anyone doing this, like other than, people who are in their 30s, their mid 30s and are married and had this support system. I felt very lonely going into this process and even online. And I think that was one of the influences as to why I started sharing online is because I was looking on YouTube and TikTok trying to find vlogs of genuine women sharing their experiences and there weren't any. And that's why I decided to take the leap and just share it for any woman, person, family, anyone out there looking to do this process. Well, thank you then for championing sort of this cause. Um, and especially at your age too, right? There's that sort of taboo that it's it's only for people in their 30s and beyond. Even that in of itself is a difficult conversation to have because then you have all of the sort of stereotypical sort of presumptions on women as to why they're going through that decision. Now you're in your quote unquote prime in terms of um, egg quality, and then you're going through this too. And then, you know, probably those conversations are coming up as well. So thank you for that. Can you talk to us maybe about, I mean, how did you dive into this process? Where did you start? <laughs> I guess at this point. Yep. So I'll take you to the, through the timeline. December of 2022 is when I had the conversation with my sister. She shared like research articles and we started the conversation. And from that point on, she referred me to her fertility specialist, which was also a blogger that I am connected with on socials. So Dr. Garcia at Markham Fertility Clinic, I, you know, I started looking through all of her reels and all of her blog posts and just learning about what the process looks like. And then in in Ontario, OHIP covers fertility consultations. And so I booked a fertility consultation with her and just talked through what the timeline looks like. For me, my biggest question was like downtime, like how much, how many hours am I going to spend going to appointments? Can I work? Can I not work? Like, what does that look like? And so after a preliminary screening of both an ultrasound and a blood test, they pretty much 
tell you if you're eligible for egg freezing with, uh, based on, you know, your hormone levels and things like that. And from that point on you, like I personally went on birth control. I was on birth control for many years, came off it. I went back on it so that we can exactly predict when I would start my cycle that way because pretty much start your medication on day two of your cycle. So I had a couple events and things like that over February and March that I didn't want to tamper with like, oh my gosh, today's the day I have to go in for my appointment. I wanted it to be scheduled. Um, so from day one to day 11 for me, it was every other day, blood tests and ultrasounds. And every evening at 6.30, I had my medication, which was essentially like an injection or three into my abdomen. And so the entire like intensive process is only 11 days, but there is quite a bit of lead up. Oh, that's, that's just a lot to take in. I'm just sitting here trying to like take it in. And, you know, I I just want to backtrack a little bit. You said how that would interfere with your everyday life. Like, can I work? Can I do this? Can I do that? And it's interesting that you said that because that's what you think when you're going to these appointments, but that's also what you should be thinking when you're preparing to have a child as well. Mm -hmm. Like, how is my life going to work around that? And I think you mentioned this in in a couple of your videos or the main one that you posted talking about your journey that our lives are so different than the generation before us. In our 20s, we want to do a million things and we might not necessarily be ready to become parents at that point. Exactly. And I think there's, I call it this like Disney effect where we grow up and we're raised in this world where we think that, you know, we're going to go to school, then we're going to find the perfect person to get married to. And then we're going to have children and we're going to have a couple and everything's going to go super smoothly. We're going to have a natural birth. Like there's going to be no complications. And, and it's the same fairy tale that we're sold in various other ways, but that pressure also influences your decision making when you are choosing a job or a career or where that job is located or what you do after work. And I think that that pressure can can almost take away from that current purpose that you're supposed to be living. Like my current purpose at 25 is to do this PhD, love it, feel it, graduate, and then own a health tech startup. Like that's my purpose right now for the next decade. And having children, I don't think I would be the best mom if I had to do that right now. I think there'd be a level of resentment, you know, nothing towards the the child, but it's just, if I'm not 100% fully invested in being the best mom I can be, I don't want to take on that role because it is a responsibility and it is a job. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, you're totally right. I mean, another part of this process that I know a lot of people think about maybe as soon as they talk about it is the cost now we know with millennials we are already dealing with housing and trying to buy a home (laughs) um school costs getting a job that's uh that is in par with um, the rising cost of living so let's bring in the cost for this to give people a sense of the financial commitment yes and i have a few videos on socials as well as on my youtube where i sit down with my fertility doctor and we talk about the ranges of costs um but really over the surface i wouldn't have been able to do this if 80% of my medication wasn't covered by my insurance. So that was one of my major pull factors is because once I turned 25, I was off my parents' insurance plan. And then I was only on my school insurance, which wouldn't have covered my medication. So I was like, okay, this is now or never. And so 80% of my medication was covered. Medication was about 4,000. And then the procedure. So 
my payment plan, I did a procedure plus the five years of storage was 9,000. However, storage fees range from like three to $500. And so multiply that by five and and the procedure I think comes down to probably around 7,000. And that being said, those are all the costs that I experienced at Markham Fertility Clinic. There's quite a range across the GTA and across your region. So definitely shop around and find the doctor and find the fertility clinic that works for you. There are payment plans. There are opportunities for like medical loans and and options. There's quite a few nonprofits as well that help with like subsidy programs. And um, depending on your eligibility, there are OHIP uh, forms that you can fill out for uh, support. And you just mentioned talking about shopping around for doctors. That's a whole conversation in and of itself. So we're going to take a quick break and then we will be back and have that conversation. So stay tuned with us. A lot more to discuss. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. This is 105.9 The Region, and welcome back to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Welcome back. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, part of our Discoveries block right here on 105.9 The Region. We are continuing our conversation with Shania Bopa all about her fertility journey. And now we want to talk about shopping around for doctors because I feel like it's so much information to weave through and it's so difficult. So how did you come across the doctor that was a fit for you? I knew I wanted someone who was warm and kind because I think for me, fertility is so scary to think about. I have never really gone to a gynecologist like very often. And so I really wanted a great warm experience and I knew Dr. Garcia she has like worked with a couple of my sister's friends she's worked with my sister and so I had that word of mouth from my community that really vouched for her and again going to that consultation I just kind of knew like I I knew that we'd be a great fit and I wanted to publicly share this on socials and so I brought this up to her and because she does share information on Instagram and TikTok she was willing to be a part of the series and I think that amplified in terms of knowledge translation sharing health research and and information to the public having her on my TikTok or even on my YouTube was so important and I was really glad she was able to and willing to engage in that discussion so that was a major pull factor as well. For somebody who might not know where, I mean, you you type in Google and you're looking fertility doctor and it's just like a million sort of results that come in. What's your advice to somebody that's trying to take that first step to being like, okay, I need this information or I'm looking for somebody. What are some of the things that you would say are some green flags that might be like, okay, this is something you should look out for? Some things that you should look out for in green flags specifically, I would say number one is where are you located and what are fertility clinics in proximity? Because when you are doing your daily appointments, it can get really like the drive can get be really long and it can really impact your day-to-day life. So look locally. Uh, number two is someone who has a great track record of a uh, percentage of live births. So when you do go to fertility clinics websites, sometimes they'll share statistics on like this percentage of women that we've seen for fertility treatments in this year, this was our percentage of live births. So that can also influence the way that you understand like how 
hard do they push for a, a successful cycle? Like how supportive are they in that process? There are some, there are some clinics that will like have nurse educator teams as well, where you have mandatory educational sessions that you need to go to before you even engage in the egg freezing or IVF process. So those support mechanisms, I think, are what amplified my experience personally. I like learning about why I'm doing what I'm doing. I like learning about what's going to happen or the risks associated and having a nurse educator team. It was just so phenomenal. The last point is if they have payment plan options or repayment plan options, most clinics will have payment options. And again, think of costs as like a huge barrier to entry, but also a facilitator. And I want to talk about the social media aspect of things. First of all, like you are so brave for documenting Mm -hmm. this entire thing on social media. I don't know many people who would have the guts to do that. And I'm sure that you've been receiving a lot of positive feedback from people and a lot of people who are thanking you for sharing that like us. But, you know, there's always a a downside, a negative side, an evil side to social media. So how have you felt with all of the comments and and feedback you've been receiving? To be quite honest, I wasn't going to share this on social media. When I started thinking about this, I was influenced by my boyfriend and my sister to share this on socials. And they are not people that, you know, use Instagram as a blogger or anything of the sorts. So I was very shocked that they even that those words came out of their mouth. And I think that kind of comfort with them like promoting sharing this online made me think of it differently. And then when I did start, I was still really hesitant that my my colleagues at work would think I'm unprofessional. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. You know, when you're growing up and you aren't allowed to talk about your period on like the basketball court because the boys in class are going to make fun of you. Like I felt that same sense of shame and like I had to hide it. Mm-hmm. Just like we we had to growing up, like, oh my gosh, you're running to the washroom with a pad or tampon, hide it up your sleeve, like same feeling I had going into this process. And so I had to do a lot of like inner reflections on those are culturally curated ideals that we have now taken in and it influences our day-to-day actions. And so trying to go on socials and being as informative as possible, there were a few comments Honestly, most, I would say 99% of them were very positive, but there were a few that just kind of didn't acknowledge how important it is to talk about fertility broadly and kind of really hyper-focused on the egg freezing. Like my intention wasn't to share just egg freezing. My intention was to share like, you should be talking about fertility with your friends and family. You should be talking about it with your partner. It should be a plan. Like it doesn't have to be this ticking time bomb in the back of our heads once we turn 30, we know it has to happen. There can be conversations before that. And even I think my goal was to, to try to break down stigma as well of like untraditional ways of getting pregnant. I think we all dream and wish to be the person that, you know, has the baby naturally. But infertility is also so stigmatized and there's so much shame around it. And I I had a lot of conversations with women who went through like seven cycles of IVF and have shared those like really, really emotional stories. And I just think they don't need to be in hiding. I think we can openly talk about it. Uh, So I try and I've, I've been on socials for now two years that the negative comments don't really 
get to me or I don't really acknowledge them much, but it is always important to see why people have the perspectives they do. And most of the times it's influenced by how we were raised and we were raised and culturally we didn't learn about fertility or egg freezing in school. So how could we know any of the answers to any of these questions? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, spot on. And I, I really appreciate your thought process through this and, mm-hmm. and laying it out for um, your viewers, your audience, your social followers to to hear and to listen to and, and to experience. What's next for you in this process? Or is there even a next in this process? It's so funny. I've got a few messages being like, now we're all just waiting to see if you accidentally get pregnant in the next couple <laughs> <of> years. <laughs> but I officially had my retrieval on the 31st of March. And so essentially the last, like the week after that, I was just in recovery. Now I'm back to normal and I my eggs are frozen for five years. And at that point, I'll probably add an extra five-year uh, freezer fee, freezer, I guess, freezer timeline. Uh, But right now I'm just really, I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulder and I can just really focus and not feel this like pressure. In this day and age, it's just, it's terrible that as women, we do still feel this pressure that it's like, oh, how come you're not married by this time? How come you don't have children by this time? And, you know, we mentioned this earlier, there's so many other different elements to the life of a woman now. Mm -hmm. And I I really appreciate that you've been documenting this journey and showing people and just being straight up saying like, hey, this is what I wanna get out of my life. And a child just does not fit into that. So this is the healthiest way to have a child when you do come to that decision. Yep. Thank you. And I, I really appreciate you saying that. I think as women, it's just, we need to empower each other too. Like, I think thinking outside the box and like having those discussions and alleviating the pressure within your own friendship circles. Like, honestly, we don't need to feel this pressure at 20, like between 25 and 29 when you're like, ah, I need to find the perfect person that might be my forever person. Why? Like, we don't, we, we need to consider it, but I I think being logical and strategic sometimes as women it seems it doesn't always it seems like too type a or it seems too like planny or I've gotten those comments before but why not like there's a reason men move up in leadership roles compared to women because they don't have mandatory paternity leave and if they did I think the life would be a bit different yeah yeah that's you for could sure say that. that's for sure <laughs> and I just I kind of want to throw in just like a little bit of a of a personal story in mm-hmm. in this sense like I've got my strong group of like my five girlfriends so the six of us and four out of the six of us are married I'm not one of those mm-hmm. and one got married to her high school sweetheart they bought a house she had a child and it's like oh our parents are like oh she did things the right, right way. way yeah you know and then she's like you know looking at the rest when it's like well you're not married yet you don't you're not with someone yet this one is doing this and this and this and it's just it i just feel like we will always fall victim to mm-hmm. that cycle especially from the generation above us because they just they're not living the lives that we're living mm-hmm. and they don't quite understand the elements that we want to add to our lives you factor in the cultural thing too and then mm-hmm. it's just like a double whammy yep. <laughs> forget like, about the pressure of society and then you add the cultural thing and it's just like oh my gosh it's overwhelming at some point yeah yeah i i saw this comment once on one of my tiktoks and someone said 
the generation above us should be the ones paying for our egg freezing. Like they should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're not wrong. <laughs> right. They were like, um, I want to send this to my grandparents. Like we should send this to all of our grandparents. And again, it's, it's exciting to see new opportunities for women. And it's exciting to see conversations like this shared on the internet, but we still have a long ways to go. And to your point, the Disney effect was in full action with the doing things the right way comment yep yep like literally romanticized to the yeah, fullest yeah, and yeah. like hey good on her i'm so happy for mm -hmm. her you know she's one of my best childhood friends but yeah, totally not everybody's gonna fit that mold so i like i said i appreciate you sharing this journey and just letting people know that it's okay to still have a family plan in the back of your mind but it doesn't have to happen right away and i think it's even a, a more smarter decision to do it at this age. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many different factors are, that are in play. And if you have the ability to start having those conversations, start doing that research, by all means, do it now. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go through with the decision, but it's all about educating yourself mm -hmm. to know instead of waiting. And then it's just like, oh, I don't know where to start. I'll use myself, for example. I'm in my early 30s and then I'm just like, OK, maybe I should start like thinking about these things. But I'm now like, oh, my gosh, where do I start? Where do I like start Googling? Where who do I turn to? And in those conversations, you throw in the cultural aspect as well. It's just like, mm, who do I turn to? Mm -hmm. But if I had maybe these conversations early, but then factoring the Disney effect, because I'm thinking it'll, I'm sure it'll happen it'll to me in a couple out. Let me just wait till next year and next year. So it's again, it's a great sort of PSA in terms of empowering yourself while you can. I mean, it's never too late. Exactly. So why not start? Exactly. And and Edu like I said, this is a lot healthier as yeah. well. Yeah, I think education's power. Like there is never too much information that you can get from a consultation. It's free. It costs you a bit of time to schedule, but just it, it can give you such peace of mind. I also will say one of my motivations for sharing this online was I feel so, so, so grateful to have an older sister that shared this information with me, but not everyone does have an older sister like Anna. And I wish everyone had an older sister like Anna. And so sharing as much as I could was my way of trying to help anyone else out there who's navigating this conversation and give them any ounce of support that I could. Yes. And Shania, before we let you go, why don't you tell our our listeners and our followers where we can find you and follow along with your journey? Mm -hmm. Hi, everyone. And you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Well by Shania and my YouTube's at Shania Bopa. And uh, feel free to DM me and we can connect and ask any questions that you may have. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. We, we really appreciate we it. We really did. Thank you for having me. What an amazing conversation this has been for so many women, especially millennial women. And in honor of that, we're going to throw to the most empowering song we can think of right now. We're going to throw to I Am Woman by Emmy Melly. Thank you so much for tuning into Millennial Balance right here on 105.9 The Region. We'll talk to you next time.
beside me Voice of the future, speak to me kindly Ask for what I want, somehow it find me Somehow it find me Somehow it find me Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.